up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the All In Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, as always, Eli Cooper, and I am joined once again by my guy, Mike Badzik. This is episode 76 of the All In Podcast. How's it going, brother? It's episode 76, man. Feels good. I uh, got the updated camera, man. I look kind of fresh uh, on this joint, so I'm feel- I'm feeling good, man. Ready to talk hoops with you? Yeah, man. We are. Uh, we know week uh, six of the NFL is in the books, and that's what we've been covering mostly. But the NBA gets started tonight. Uh, we're recording this around four thirty on a uh, Tuesday, uh, right before the Nets uh, and Bucks and Lakers and yep. Warriors kick off the NBA season. Uh, so we're going to preview uh, every award, NBA award, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player and Coach of the Year, everything except six man, because that's almost impossible to predict. We don't know fun, yeah. whose role is going to be is going to be what. Um, we are going to pick every team's over under for their total wins. Uh, but we have to start off with Ben Simmons. Suspended today. He's been the talk of he's been the talk of social media all day. Uh, suspended for a game. Doc Rivers apparently threw him out of practice earlier today for refusing to participate in a defensive drill. Um, can it get any worse for the Sixers, Mike? <laughs> it cannot get much worse uh, for the Sixers, and it cannot get much worse uh, for Ben Simmons. You know, it's like exactly what we've been talking about now the past couple episodes whenever we talked about him, this entitled attitude, right? So for him to go to practice, uh, he does not want to participate in a drill, which kind of mirrors probably the attitude he's been had uh, towards the 76er season of, I don't care, get me out of here. He's, you know, the only reason he showed up uh, now is to not miss out on too many checks, Uh, but it looks like he's still going to be missing out on checks because now he's suspended uh, and he kind of is doing this to himself if he would have just went all he had to do was cooperate just go through the motions a normal right. basketball practice you've been doing normal basketball practices probably since you were about eight years old right so if you could have just continued to do that you could have got paid all of this money and now you put yourself in a position where you're not going to get paid you made yourself far less desirable uh, in a trade because of this attitude uh, and now everyone is hurt by this. The Sixers are also hurt by this as the potential trade partner looking for someone to take on Ben Simmons uh, and, and what we know about him or what we don't know about him, which is the ability to shoot. Uh, if anyone should be given their hall of practice, it's Ben Simmons. I know this was a defensive drill that he didn't want to participate in, right. uh, but but if anyone should be trying on, uh, in practice, it should be him working on his offensive game, this huge hole. Uh, but this has been the story, right? This is what they've said about him now for years, that he doesn't really want to try hard in practice. He apparently hasn't been doing much, uh, not on the offensive end, and now we're seeing this attitude. Uh, and listen, like I also put some blame on Doc Rivers here. Doc Rivers was the leader of this team. At some point, you know, some blame has to fall on the head coach to where he can't come together. He can't bring Ben Simmons. Uh, you probably want Joel Embiid in the room and have a real conversation about what this is going to look like with Ben Simmons on the team after this awkward offseason where we didn't know what it was going to happen. We didn't know uh, if Ben Simmons was going to show up at all, if he was going to be traded. Now he's there. Did a conversation happen between Doc, Ben, and Joel to where they sat down and said, okay, we know that this is kind of weird, uh, but 
This is how it's going to go. Let's make the best of it. We have a good team, right? We were the one seed last year with, with pretty much the same team. We can make some noise here. We don't have to give up on this season just because we're not happy. We're going right. to look for a trade in the background. Everyone knows that. Uh, but right. but let's try to get through this best we can and act like adults, which Ben Simmons has proved again that he's incapable of doing. So I do put uh, about you know ninety percent of the blame on Ben Simmons here, but I think some has to fall on Doc Rivers as the head coach, and there there has to be some leadership there. I agree wholeheartedly, and and here's what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to make sure you guys are very clear on what I'm about to say. Okay, a little getting a little fancy with the graphics, but I want to be very clear. Ben Simmons is a child. Oh, Ben Simmons is an amateur. And Ben Simmons is quite literally the most embarrassing player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even close. Um, and this is a guy that I've gone through great lengths to defend early yeah. <laughs> on in his career. Uh, as you know, I've gone through great lengths to defend him as a player. But in four years, I think it's well, four years of playing. He has not improved in any significant way offensively. Um, his defense was already good, and he's made strides and, and improved there. But if we're being quite honest, uh, when you're 6'10 and run like a deer, uh, really all it takes is you competing on that end to to improve there. Defense is a lot about angles, effort, and athleticism. So I, I don't give him a ton of credit for improvement there. That's just trying hard for someone with his capabilities. Um, But he has made no significant strides to the weakest part of his game, which is his jump shooting. He's shown not even in, uh, you know, a, a uh, desire to improve in that area as far as just taking shots in game. And then has the nerve to blame the Sixers organization for his shortcomings. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, I I can't wrap my head around the thinking in his camp. They have no one to blame but themselves. Uh, he every single postseason in the second round he becomes a shell of himself as a player through no one's fault but his. Literally every single adjustment the Sixers could have possibly made from a basketball playing standpoint, they have done so for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And since they let Jimmy Butler go. They let Jimmy Butler go and sign that terrible, terrible Al Horford contract so that Ben Simmons would have more of the ball in his hands. Yeah. Joel Embiid has made incredible strides as a shooter and as a stretch five so that Ben Simmons would ha- have more space attacking the basket. We have have sacrificed on more occasions than not defense for shooting around Ben Simmons. Right. All of those things are facts. They're indisputable. There's nothing about that that's disputable. And yet Ben Simmons still has the nerve, the audacity to not only blame the Sixers organization for his failures, but to to act like a damn baby about it Mm. when when not getting his way. Right. And I've said it multiple times on this show. We were already trying to trade you. That was not. Something it's not like we were like, hey man, Ben Simmons is is a key integral part of this team, which in a way he is, but we were already actively shopping you. We just wanted fair compensation for you. That's all that's it. 
and then you had to open up your mouth with this ridiculous holdout that you had zero leverage in. Right. And now it's draining to the rest of the team. And and honestly, you know, the sit down that you referenced in terms of like Joel Embiid, I don't know that it's been had. Actually, they they attempted to fly out and speak with Ben Simmons. Most of the most of the team attempted yeah. to fly out and talk to him when uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and he told them, "Don't waste your time, don't waste your breath." And uh, you know, Embiid has been pretty pretty firm on his stance. He's he's pretty upset with Ben at this mm. point, and he spoke on it today. He said, "At this point, this is quote unquote. At this point, I don't care about that man." He does what he wants. Mm. That was his quote not, today. Not here to babysit. Post post practice interview. Yes, he said we're not here to babysit. And you know what? That's stuff that youth coaches say. I can sure. tell you that from experience. That that you you've never ever ever heard an NBA coach or 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 player say that about another player ever. That's something you say to ten year olds. 12 year olds like that pretty much stops after sixth grade is that this is not a babysitting service. We, I coach high school. We hardly ever say that we say it maybe mm. in the first week of the season when we're trying to weed out the kids who really don't want to play basketball, right? Like when we're, when we run the shit out of you and mm. you can't, you can't make your sprints. That's, that's probably, that's literally the only time that you ever hear our coaching staff say stuff like that. That's reserved for kids, kids under seventh grade. I've never heard that in reference to an NBA player, a 26, what's he, 25, 26 yeah. year old. He's, he's, he's a child. He is. There's, and there's this, there's no other way to put it. He has not grown up. His father has babied him his entire life. Mm. Um, and, and it's all of the, uh, all of the shortcomings of, of uh, the people around him are showing now. Like that he has, he has no one in his circle. That's like, yo, just be a professional. Like just show up, do your job, get paid and let the Sixers figure this out. Like I, we know you want out, right? They're trying to get you out, but they're not going to, they're not going to give you up for less than what you're worth. You have four years left on your deal. There's no need for them to do that. That doesn't help anyone in the organization besides you. Mm. It's a selfish, self-centered, childlike attitude that Ben Simmons has. Um, the sooner the Sixers can resolve this, the better. But uh, Waj reported today that they're standing firm. They're like, we're not trading him for anything that keeps us in championship contention. And I wholeheartedly agree with him. He has not yet been paid since he returned to the team October 11th. He, uh, because they, they find him for every practice miss, every preseason game missed. Uh, they're going to find him for this game missed. He has not received a check. He's missed out on 1.4 million so far to start the season, and that will continue to happen. And if I'm the Sixers, they have all the leverage in the world. Can, if he doesn't want to be a professional, continue to suspend him, suspend him indefinitely without pay if you have to, until he comes in and says, hey, I'm willing to at least play basketball like an adult. And, and, it, and that's really it. And that and that should be the end of it until a trade partner comes in and says, "Hey, we'll give up, uh, you know, we'll give up what we need to for Ben Simmons." Other than that, Ben Simmons needs to needs to flat out suck it up, wait, and play basketball. Damn. 
Well, I really hope I can get a return on the Ben Simmons jersey I bought you for Christmas. <laughs> please. Yeah, <laughs> please get your money back as soon as possible. I'm not sure that they'll give you a full refund at this point, but it's it's quite embarrassing. It is. It is. That's your team, man. That's Philly sports. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. let's get into the rest of the functional NBA teams uh, and get to talking some of our NBA season preview. But before we do that, for those of you tuning in, uh, wherever you're listening or watching, make sure you're subscribing to our audio channels or YouTube channel. Uh, make sure if you're on the YouTube channel, you turn on post notifications. That way you know when we go live or post new content. Uh, you can also check out our uh, all of our platforms in recent episodes at www.podpage.com slash allinpodcast. Uh, you can see my recent power ranking article from last week. Uh, the week six power rankings will be coming out uh, tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Um, and you can even submit voice messages that we will answer and uh, play on our podcast uh, for us to respond to. So uh, www.podpage.com slash all in podcast uh, for more for all pot all in podcast content. So let's let's dive right into it, man. We want to talk MVP prediction. Oh, yeah. Uh, who do you got winning it all uh, or winning our MVP this year? I actually think this was uh, the easiest choice of all the awards awards for me. Um, and, wow. and I'm going to I am going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and, and listen, we were talking about this last year, right, when it was coming down the stretch and, and we were talking about who's going to win MVP. It was kind of up for debate about Jokic and, and, and Embiid was in that discussion and and we said, you know, multiple times, I think we mentioned, well, hold on a second now. Look at what Giannis is doing, right? But because he had won it the two years before and then didn't do anything in the playoffs, he pretty much got penalized for that. Right. Well, he's not going to get penalized for that again, right? And I no. expect that he's going to have that same season again, right? So the last three years, he's been around that 28-29 a game, uh, 11 to 13 rebounds at about six assists. And – metrics his met his defensive metrics hold up better than anybody in the league including rudy gobert so so i think that he is uh the clear mvp i think you know we're going to get into over-unders i don't imagine the bucks are going to go anywhere this year at least not in the regular season they're going to be right there at the top of the eastern conference and there's no uh, no secret now now you know we last year coming into the year we're talking about Giannis as a you know he won the mvp but we're still looking at him, you know, is he a fifth top five player in the league? Well, now, you know, he's really in the one-two discussion, right? For most people, yeah, yeah. the discussion is him and KD. And then maybe if you're a LeBron guy, you, you have him included as a, in the top three. But Giannis is at the top of that list. I can't imagine they're going to go anywhere in this Eastern Conference. They're going to be right there all year, top of the, top of the standings. Uh, and if he can have the same year. I'm not asking him to take a leap, right? He doesn't need to get better. A lot of these guys that we're talking about MVP candidates, Luca's a, a popular one, but they kind of have to take a, a small leap, or at least their team has to take a small leap. Not the case uh, for Giannis and the Bucks. If he has that same year coming off the championship after what we saw in the playoffs, I think, I think you have to give him the award after winning it. So I'm going with Giannis here to get his third MVP, which suddenly now we're talking about a top 
10 top eight player of all time if he wins a third MVP uh, at this young age? Yeah, um, honestly, a bulletproof argument there. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I think Giannis's all-time ranking uh, hasn't been discussed much because he's only 26 years old. But uh, he certainly has one of the best resumes already um, after now adding a championship and a finals MVP to his resume. So can't argue with that. I actually think he has a really strong case, um, as you just stated there. Um, last year, I was pretty close on my MVP prediction. I don't know if you remember that episode um, where I predicted that Steph Curry Steph would win MVP. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and he ended up finishing top three. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to pick playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to pick Steph Curry again because uh, eventually Clay Thompson will be back yeah. um, fairly early into the season. And I'm not sure that the Warriors will be top four or five in the West. I think they could, but uh, not 100% sure there. We'll get into them a little bit more later. Sure. But I am still going to be a homer and pick Joel Embiid to win MVP this Whoa, year. Oh, by himself. Joel Embiid, with no Ben Simmons, will keep the Sixers in a top two race in the East with no Ben Simmons. I don't. I think Ben Simmons will eventually get suspended indefinitely, um, mm. and and Joel Embiid will put up even better numbers than he has been over the last few years. Um, I I think a lot of this is going to come down to health. He's obviously going to have to play more games uh, with no Ben Simmons. And uh, I think we'll see a little less load management possibly in that case. And if he does that and he keeps the Sixers in that top two race, um, I think he will, he'll get even a little bit of a sympathy vote because a lot of people are actually siding with the Sixers in this Ben Simmons. uh, In this Simmons, we actually ran a poll on Twitter earlier today. Who's more in the wrong Uh, so far? 23 votes. 96% 96% said Ben Simmons. So, you know, just court of public opinion is uh, is more so on the Sixers side and Joel Embiid's side, it would it would seem, uh, you know, in this, in this discussion. And yeah. we've seen how much better the Sixers are when Embiid's in the lineup. Like, the, that was, you know, my argument for him late down the stretch last year uh, for MVP is that they're clearly better with him and uh, not really that much worse without Ben. So um, I think... Uh, I also think uh, Tyrese Maxey inserted into the lineup this year uh, will actually help Embiid. I don't think he'll have to play out on the perimeter as much as he has in the past, um, which I think increases his efficiency. So I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. You heard it here first on the wow. All In Podcast. 2022 NBA MVP gets his first one. So interesting point you bring up about uh, people thinking Ben Simmons is in the wrong like so now over the past two years like we've had almost a uh you know we talk about this in football a lot but like a market correction of like we have been so pro player for so long really the last two seasons with with the harden situation uh and now the ben simmons situation where we're finally saying okay you guys are taking it a little too far and you guys are really acting out to where we're actually uh you know not pro owner of course but pro organization against uh against some of these players who are just acting out yeah and and let me be clear like i thought james harden was bad you know what i mean like i didn't think i didn't think he handled it like super great but like 
at the end of the day, James Harden showed up and played basketball. You know what I mean? Yes. Like he did what he was asked to do while yes. seeking that trade. I've never ever seen a player like do what Ben Simmons is doing. Even Adam Silver uh, commented on it. And, you know, James Harden had what, two years left on his deal. So it was a bit early for him to do what he did, but he didn't hold out. Right. Um, because he really didn't have the leverage to do so. He was basically just like, listen, man, this team isn't good enough anymore. And I want to play for a contender. I've done pretty much everything I can here to win a title for Houston. It doesn't seem it's going to happen. Let me go somewhere else and try to do it. And, you know, his comments at certain times weren't great. And, you know, threw some teammates under the bus um, to try to speed up the process. So, like, that's where I kind of had an issue with him. But at the end of the day, he did show up and do his job. Right. This guy is with four years left on a contract with no leverage whatsoever is trying to like hold out. Right. And it just it really does it really just doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. And and Ben Simmons has not done everything he possibly can to bring a championship to the Sixers. Like that's that's not the same thing. So like there's literally no there's nothing. No leverage, no rhyme or reason why anyone would side with the Sixers. I mean, I'm sorry, with Ben Simmons in this because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Just doesn't. It's it's ridiculous, you know, but you're right. You're you're starting to see the market correction because now this is getting out of hand. Guys holding out with four years left on their deal, trying to hold out when a team's already trying to trade you. This, This is unprecedented. Um, and, and like Adam Silver said, this is something we've never seen before. Um, I don't think we'll ever see it again after the backlash that Ben Simmons is going to get from this, um, from pretty much everyone in the league. It's, it's a mess right now. It's like him and Kyrie are the two most problematic players, maybe in NBA history. And, uh, and Latrell Sprewell choked his coach. <laughs> Kyrie, I think Kyrie actually has a little more support than uh oh absolutely no i'm I'm just talking about from like a person creating problems for an organization on a consistent basis uh no one has done that on on more occasions than kyrie irving uh but i again i don't i don't really blame kyrie in a lot of those situations and this time it's just kind of like well you know he feels this is a stance he has to take i i don't blame him i also don't blame the nets i'm actually pretty neutral in that but like this this is this is wild this is getting out of hand at this point Yes. All right. So let's move on to rookie of the year predictions. We have some really talented rookies. I don't know how much summer league uh, basketball you were able to catch, uh, but Jalen Green, the number two pick to the Houston Rockets. Uh, Cade Cunningham was the number one overall pick to the Pistons. Um, There's Evan Mobley for uh, your, uh, your Cavaliers. Um, You know, so, yeah, kind of. There's some, there's some good talent. Yeah, your your second team, the Cavs. Right, right, there's right. some there's some talent in this. Uh, Jalen Suggs on the Magic. Yeah. Who do you like best to take home the Rookie of the Year? I like Jalen Green. Uh, I I think that he's the most talented, uh, especially when it comes to scoring out of this yeah. group. Um, and also I think that he's going to be on a really bad team in Houston, mm-hmm. who. Um, actually, is going to be a bad team, but they're actually going to be probably a fun team. I, I, I'm going to try to catch a lot of their Absolutely. games with the Christian Wood, and then they've got Kevin Porter Jr. Like they've got some fun players, and I think he's going to be able to score a lot with that team. It's going to be wide open for him. It should be, you know, spacing wise. Um, 
So I look to him to probably average, you know, if he's pushing 20 points a game, which I do not think is out of the realm of possibility at all, he could be even pushing 25 with how he is uh, and the usage rate he might be able to get with that team. Uh, So of all the rookies, you know, I I do, I agree with you. The summer league was really fun this year. Uh, There was a lot of, you know, good basketball being played, a lot of fun rookies. Um, You know, I like, some of the other guys, I'm just – I think when you mix in the talent with the situation that he has in Houston, uh, I think he's a good pick for it. Um, I do love Jalen Green. And, and when this question was first proposed, I was actually going to pick him. Yes, But for some of the reasons you just mentioned, I'm actually going to go against Jalen Green and pick Cade Cunningham. Mm. Um, so I thought Jalen Green might get insane volume – but I'm not so sure because Kevin Porter is there. And after the season yes. he just had, I actually think he's going to be their number one option. I think Christian Wood's going to be their second option. And let's not forget John Wall's still there. Um, mm. And like John Wall's no gunner um, or anything like that. But, you know, John Wall is still John Wall. You know what I mean? Like he's going to put up his, his numbers about 17, 18 a game. Yep. So assuming he's healthy, I'm not sure that Jalen Green will get the insane – usage um now if 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 something does happen to john wall i think that's where his usage spikes or if john wall's traded which is something they were trying to do well i think well, his usage here, does spike there here's what i would ask too though how, how many games before this team is irrelevant um five okay so that's what i'm saying like <laughs> but in reality probably like 25 maybe yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and then yeah, it's right. like okay like at that point maybe they start to work them in more and then it's probably right. gonna have to be a late season push yeah, yeah. I, I see a Anthony Edwards similar type rookie of the year season. You know how he kind of his his usage early on wasn't like super high and it just steadily increased throughout the season. I see that for him and I see him as the runner up because of that. Um Kate Cunningham is gonna have the ball in his hands the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh for a Pistons team that not only lacks scoring, it lacks like point guard mm-hmm. leadership, yeah, pretty much everything other than not a, like not a Killian Hayes guy. Uh, I actually think he has a potential and upside as a shooting guard. Right. Um, I think if they were trying to turn him into a point guard, there that was uh, hopeless. But um, I think Cade Cunningham might actually make him look pretty good. Um, so I'm not out on him by yeah. any means. I love Sadiq Bay, um, you know, Villanova guy, three and D player. Uh, Jeremy Grant, solid stretch four. Um, you know, they got some young talent there. So, but. Uh, it's going to be the Cade Cunningham show in Detroit, um, and he's a do-it-all player. He's probably going to average north of five, six rebounds. Uh, I expect him to be at around seven assists a game um, and definitely pushing 18 to 20 points per game. Um, and I think that resume and that all-around play is going to give him the edge uh, over Jalen Green. And the Pistons are going to be pretty bad as well. So, you know, I, mean, I, th- I think his his usage rate, not only from a scoring standpoint, but from a, uh, an assist and rebounding standpoint and minutes played is going to be through the roof for him. Um, like so I'm going to go with Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick uh, for Ricky. I hope Surprise. he's good. I, I really yeah. hope he's good. You know, I do have some concerns about his lateral quickness, um, you know, but he's young and six and six, eight. So, you know, I mean, that can only get better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Jalen Green's clearly the most talented scorer of this year he's shifty he's athletic can shoot it that kid's gonna be he's gonna be an elite scorer in the league for a long time yep. all right so let's move on to defensive player of the year 
Uh, last year, Rudy Gobert edged out Ben Simmons and Draymond Green in this category. Do you expect him to take Defensive Player of the Year again? I do not. Um, I actually mm-hmm. kind of already made the case for my Defensive Player of the Year, and I think it's going to be Giannis. When you look at the impact no. he has on defense, he's the most impactful player on defense when you look at the uh, advanced statistics. And also, they have a really good team defense, right? He protects the rim better than anybody. His help side, he's even started playing on the ball on some really good players. Um, his yeah. length is just, I mean, he's everywhere, right? And the energy he gives you every game, I think he's going to be averaging close to two and a half blocks this year. Um, he's going to be, you know, a actual stopper, right, in the paint too. So I I like Giannis better than anybody else. I mean, I just don't see it with, with Rudy Gobert. I think the love for him is going to start to end here uh, this year, right? Ben Simmons is not going to be there. It seems yeah. like we don't know what's going on with him. Um, so I, I think this goes back to Giannis. Like I said, I think we come back to reality and we look at like, okay, we don't have to punish him anymore. Let's give him his due. Cause he, I, to me, he's the best defense player in the league. Yeah, I agree. Um, I am going to go against you again, though. Okay. I think it's about time. Anthony Davis wins the defensive player of the year. Award. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think it's finally time. It's, it's kind of, uh, perplexing that he hasn't won one uh, with how good he's been. And I think this year he's going to have to play a little bit more five. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the case to start the season, but when you're talking about a, a lineup with Russell Westbrook and LeBron James in it, you're going to need to add two shooters into that. Um, so I'm assuming uh, eventually they're going to go to a smaller lineup with him at the five, uh, which I think will be better for him, him being able to protect the rim and block shots and, and rebound more uh, will help his defensive player of the year case um, in, in this case. And the fact that Russell Westbrook is not that great of a defender, like that's something that isn't really talked about that much, especially off the ball. He gambles a lot. Um, Right. And I think that's going to put Anthony Davis in a lot of situations where he has to protect the rim uh, more so than he has probably in his career previously. So um, I think we see an uptick in blocks and rebounds for Anthony Davis this year, um, which will help him get the Defensive Player of the Year award. I like that, you know, but he, well, one, the, the main concern is going to be how many games is he going to miss? Yes. I, I don't know why. I, yeah, a lot of my picks, two of my three picks so far depend on health. Don't love that, but. That's true. That's true. But, and, and you know, it's like, we're kind of like beating a dead horse with this, like, well, Anthony Davis, like, hopefully he's going to be playing the five more this year. And yeah. Like, He'll be better when he plays the five. And it's like, right. very true. Like it is true. I think, like, yeah. and I think the numbers bear that out for the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. This is the third year now that we're saying this. So maybe this will be the year that it finally happens. Yeah. And honestly, I think this will be the year. I think they have to, like, there's, there's just no way you can have Russ, LeBron, Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis on the Dwight. floor at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a clogged paint right there. That's a clogged floor, uh, and and a team that already kind of lacks shooting. Who who are you expecting to be your shooter? Malik Monk, who's like pretty streaky. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's that's a lot to ask of him to be your best shooter. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, That'll be interesting. I'm having trouble understanding right now. Please try a little later. Not sure if you guys caught that. Alexa apparently thought I said her name. Um, so let's move on. She don't like that. Pick. That's good. She don't like <laughs> yeah, that she pick. does. She doesn't like that pick at all. 
Uh, let's move on to most improved player. This is an intriguing one because it's kind of a dart throw. Yes. Um, who's your most improved player prediction for this year? Okay, I think uh, I have a feeling that we might agree on this one. And it is a dart throw. It is a dart throw. We're not going to agree, but but we might agree. I think you don't like a pick. I'm going with Michael Porter Jr. for this Jr. one. Okay. Uh, so he averaged about 19 uh, 19 points a game uh, last yeah. year, right? Uh, signed a big deal, right? Got, got his rookie extension. Uh, but Jamal Murray is going to be out now for you know we don't know exactly how long but quite a while right he's going to be out for quite a while probably half a season or so um michael porter jr is going to have to step into some of these shoes and increase that scoring increase some of that ball handling um to play off of Jokic. i don't know you know aaron gordon is there he's certainly not someone who's going to have the ball in his hands uh for for isolation scoring i think they're going to turn to michael porter jr a lot now and kind of look at him and say, okay, this is your third year now, right? Third year is often the year uh, when guys will make a leap, uh, especially from an offensive perspective. Uh, you look at a guy, uh, you know, kind of reminds me of like a Brandon Ingram, right? He made that third year leap. He started to come into his own a little bit. Similar uh, style games, you know, tall guys who can shoot. Um, I think we see that from Michael Porter Jr. this year. I like it from Michael Porter Jr. I, I like his game offensively anyway, right? Defense has been a struggle, and, and that's been a – a common issue for Mike Malone to have him in the lineup is that defense, but I think he improved it a little bit last year. Maybe it's something he worked on in the offseason. Reports are that he has been, and he's starting to get it right. The third-year player usually starts to get it, especially someone who yeah. didn't play much college ball, really any college ball actually, because uh, he had that injury. So I think he finally comes into his own this year. We ups that scoring up. Even I'm thinking he can get it up to 26 or 27 points a game. I think that's how talented he is offensively. And Jokic is going to have no problem, uh, you know, playing off of him, working together, and getting him open shots. So I like Michael Porter Jr. this year as a guy who's some, someone who signed a new big deal. And he's going to have to earn it. So, so I like him. I actually agree with you. This is the first pick we're going to pick the same person on. I was right. Um, we both had him. Okay. Yes, I also have Michael Porter Jr. Um, and really for all the points you just made, but also if you look at the history of this award, it typically goes to a young player whose usage rate goes up and yeah. he, you know, blossoms a little bit. Um, you look back through, you know, even all the way back to like CJ McCollum um, in Portland, the year that he won it, you know, so that's typically where you'll see that most improved award uh, get handed out. And there's no one in the NBA this year who has more of a chance to break out uh, than Michael Porter Jr. because of the Jamal Murray injury. Um, he'll pretty much be, like you said, the second option on that offense for probably the first half of the season. He's a talented scorer, uh, despite his political views. Um, you know, so <laughs> the guy can put the ball in the basket. He's 6'10. Um, people like his game. Uh, you know, so I, I do think. Uh, he's the most improved player um, prediction for me as well. Well, how about that? We agreed. Yeah. On the most um, random one. On the most random one, yeah. <laughs> All right. So last one we have for our predictions is Coach of the Year, yeah. uh, which is kind of like which team do you expect to be up there in the top of the regular season? Um, who you got for Coach of the Year this year? This, this was um, a really tough one for me uh probably probably the toughest one actually was was this one figuring it out um because there are some teams that i like this year so 
I, I'm going. I'm gonna pick Chauncey Billups. Um, I, yeah, I think wow. the, I like I like the Blazers this year. Um, I think a full year of Dame, CJ, and Norman Powell. Uh, you know, if you look at uh, their starters last year, they had the second best um, uh, plus minus in the in the league last year uh, playing together. So I think that they're uh, a good team. I think they're going to be right towards the top of the Western Conference, especially when other teams have some question marks. I think they can put it together this year. I know that Dame likes Chauncey Billups. Um, they're going to yeah. get along. And Chauncey, you know, people forget when Chauncey was playing, you know, the, one of the things that made him great from a, from a point guard perspective, from a leadership perspective, is how he changed his team's defenses, right? He, he said a defensive yeah edge right you think of those piston teams so you know we know that the blazers have this great offense with dame and cj of course but if he can set a defensive edge and, and they can change how they play on that end of end of the court they're they're going to be a top three seed in the conference and i think that's what's going to happen here uh you know you know you never know what's going to happen with injuries of course to cj who's who struggled with those the past previous years but i will yeah. say i like the the trio of norman powell dame and cj mccollum so I'm going to go with Chauncey here. You know, this was a tough one for me. There's a couple guys that I like. I, I, I really wanted to pick uh, Ty because um, I think they're going to have a good year even without Kawhi. And Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the league. Um, but I just I just like what's going on with this Trailblazer team. So give me Chauncey, man. And, and, I, and I'm happy to see it. I always love Chauncey as a player. I thought he was good on ESPN too. Happy to see him get a chance. Uh, so so give, me, give me Chauncey, man. Wholeheartedly agree with a lot of those points but i actually went with nate mcmillan for this one mm. uh hawks head coach who took over an interim uh last year and wow. the hawks soared no pun intended wow, after nice. <laughs> after uh after his hiring they were a completely different team um you know the emphasis on getting trey young a little bit more off the basketball um was clear there was much more ball movement and the hawks offense looked lethal and I think in an Easter conference that's pretty wide open this year, the Hawks uh, returning most of their core back um, and a lot of that young core most likely improving this offseason, I think they have yeah. a chance to be a top two, three seed, maybe even the one seed when wow. you factor in, um, you know, the Sixers are probably going to drop off. The Nets might not take the regular season super seriously. You know what I mean? Uh, those kind of things. You can see the Hawks is the number one seed. Um, and Nate McMillan continue to um, uh, watch this Hawks team blossom, um, you know, like they did under his direction. So uh, I think he actually gets a little bit of credit for like the last half of last year as well. If they make a really good run uh, this yeah. year and end up as a top two, three seed in the East. Um, so I'd like Nate McMillan for uh, coach of the year this year. I love uh, that pick. I love Nate McMillan. He, you know, if he coached the full season last year, it probably was going to be his award. Yeah, you could right. make the argument he still should have won it, especially if you included the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that pick, man. All right. So, uh, for the remainder of the show, we're going to be using fan duels over under predictions uh, or uh, odds uh, yeah. to predict whether we take the over or under on each team. Um, and we'll track it throughout the year. We'll revisit this at the end of the regular season um, to see who got more right. So we're going to start with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, mm. They are, let's see, 
here who we just kind of talked about in depth. Sorry, guys, pulling it back up. FanDuel makes you log back in every single time. It's kind of annoying. Uh, so, all right, so their over-under is set at 47 and a half wins. Uh, who, you taking the over or the under there? I'm taking the over with these Atlanta Hawks. I, I'm assuming you are too, since you got McMillan as coach of the year. Um, I think that they have the chance to be right at the top of the Eastern Conference. I'm a little worried that the league changed the uh, the, the Trey Young rule, right? You could call it the Trey Young rule, where you kind of back mm -hmm. into somebody and, and go flying a little bit. So a little worried yeah. about that, but I think that they're going to be okay. And people forget, um, you know, at the beginning of last year, how good DeAndre Hunter was. And they didn't even have him for that playoff run. He was great for them. I think, you know, when you add in him, Herter just signed a new deal. So he's going to be a focal point. He had some big playoff moments. And then you have yeah. John Collins, Bogdanovich, Danilo. Like, they've got six legitimate, uh, really good NBA players, right? Not a lot of teams can say that they're that deep to have six guys like that, right? An entire starting lineup plus – uh, whoever comes is coming off the bench, probably Herter in this case. Um, and then you have, you know, DeAndre Hunters. I mean, they are a deep team, right? And McMillan's going to have yeah. that defense working. He kind of, uh, you know, right the ship last year with that defense when when it was a mess, right? And and he came in and was able to fix things. Um, so I like the Hawks to go over here, 47 and a half. I think they can get to, to 48. Now we're in an 82 game season again this year. Um, yes. so, so I, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind throwing a little bet on them to win the East too. I really like this team. I really like Trey. I will also probably put some money on that. Um, I'm definitely going to take the over here. I probably, I think they're going to be somewhere around 60 wins. I think wow. they're going to explode in this regular season. I think they have all the tools, um, especially for a regular season team. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to win it all or win the East. Um, I think they have a good chance, but I think this team is really structured to dominate in the regular season they've got a young team uh who's going to play a lot they play at a fast pace um they have scores galore um and yep. uh, i think they'll be like you said better defensively uh as they have been under nate mcmillan so give me the over on that for sure uh let's move on to the boston celtics yep. uh who are projected at 46 and a half wins this year so just under the hawks and their projections with your thoughts here. I'm going over again um, with these guys. I like this Boston team. I think that, um, you know, Tatum and Brown obviously are a great duo. Now yeah. let's, uh, let's look at the big differences between uh, this year's team and last year's team, right? So they lose Kemba, right? Uh, but, but Kemba was kind of a disappointment for them. He was injured a lot of the year. He was not, he did not show up in the playoffs at all. Um, and who do they get back? They get Al Horford, right? Al Hor Horford, you know, you remember two years ago or, or yeah, two years ago now, before he went to Philly, he was on this Boston team and he fit in perfectly with Tatum and Brown. He was able to kind of, you know, do a lot of the offense from the high post, almost in a, like a Jokic light type of a role, right? Imagine that. Yep. Um, and, and then, you know, Tatum and Brown can work off of him. And Tatum is the guy who's a candidate for an MVP this season. I mean, he could honestly be, that high if he takes any step forward. So I, yeah. I kind of like this Celtics team. They hired a new coach, right? M.A. Udoka, right? I'm going to say it, pretend I said that right, um, to replace so. Brad Stevens, who I think Brad Stevens was um, definitely a serviceable coach. 
but I think he was kind of getting run down with the process. You get a fresh face in there to look at these players, to energize these players. Um, and, and, and you have a team here who, you know, a couple years ago we're talking about, is this going to be a dynasty? Are they going to be multiple finals with this, with this duo of young guys? I think we yeah. see them get a little bit closer last year, more of an anomaly uh, with them having such a rough year. And this year they're back. Uh, to, to, to the Celtics that we were accustomed to in the past previous uh, couple years with Brown and Tatum. So I'm going to go over with these guys. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say that I like them as much as I like Atlanta to win the East or anything, uh, but I certainly certainly would not be surprised if, if they were a top three seed and they're in the Eastern Conference Finals and we're talking about Tatum as a top five player by the end of this season. I, I do really like this team. So I'm actually going to take the under here. Um, and I do love the Al Horford edition uh, because I do think they've missed him a lot, probably more than mm-hmm. any other player um, that's left in the recent years. Uh, but they're they're getting a bit younger, um, you know, with with their roster reconstruction. And uh, it, and I actually agree with the with your point about Tatum. I almost picked him for most improved player, but I thought he was a little too high profile. Um, because I do see a big leap from him this year. He he's already stated that he wants to be up in that top five player discussion, and he absolutely has the talent and skill set to do it. Um, and I th- I think there will be nights where we kind of we think that of him, but um, I don't I don't love Dennis Schroeder as a full time starter. I really like him in a six man role, um, yeah. but I don't love him as a full time starter and. I'm not sure Al Horford will still be the same Al Horford. I, I know his game wasn't necessarily predicated on athleticism or anything like that, but he pretty much didn't play all year last year. You know, the Thunder were yes. pretty much sitting him out. Um, so I don't love, I don't love that he's going to be able to shake off all that rust really early on for them. Uh, for them to go over, if, if if I'm taking over at 47 wins, I think that's like top five in the East. I'm just Probably. not. Sh- I'm not sold that they are. So I'm going to take the under barely. I think they end up at like 44, 45 though. So I'm not yeah. like I'm not expecting them to miss the playoffs or anything like that. They're I think they're a six through eight seed though. I like uh, Time Lord as well. Robert Williams the third. I think he can take a take a leap here as well and kind of alleviate I, some of the Horford uh, burden. I do. Yeah, I, I do really like him. I wonder if his playing time is going to be significant though. Without Horford there, they also got Moses Brown in that trade who I believe is still there. Um, last I checked. Oh, yeah. Um, Jason. Richardson. Yeah. You know, I think they're going to have, a, I think he's going to have a little bit of Josh Richardson. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think, um, you know, Al Horford and Moses Brown will have a little bit of a role in that front court. So I, it depends on how they use him. Are they going to move him to the four um, or keep playing him at the five? Like that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out um, and how much playing time he actually gets. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a little, I'm a little less bullish on the Celtics than you are, but um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they, um, you know, make a break for it, especially if Tatum makes the leap uh, that he believes he will. Um, let's go to the Brooklyn Nets, who yeah. are projected at 55 and a half, and if you uh, are, were factoring in that Kyrie's probably not going to change his mind on this and and sit out, are you taking the over the under here? I got to take the under. I mean, it's not even so much about Kyrie, right? I mean, I think that if you just said, you know, can the Bucks? I mean, I'm excuse me, can the Nets win the championship without Kyrie? I would actually say yes, that they still can. I don't think they actually need him. I like Harden and Durant that much. 
right? They've yeah. got some guys to 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 fill in um, around them. You know, Joe Harris. They signed Patty Mills, who of course, of course, I really like um, the 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 rookie that they drafted out of LSU. Uh, Cameron is it Cameron Thomas? I think he is yeah, actually yeah. Cameron Thomas. He's a bucket getter, right? So he's going to be yes. able to step in and and help them off the bench, kind of fill that void. I just not sure how much emphasis they're going to put on the regular season, right? When you have KD, who's kind of in a stage of his career where he's not really looking uh, to, to, you know, push it that much in the regular season. Maybe he is, maybe he wants to come out and say, actually, I am the best player in the league. And if my foot was a, was a size uh, smaller, we would have been in the finals and we'd be talking about me instead of Giannis. Maybe he wants right. to do that. And if he does want to do that, then I think that they'll go over. This is more for me about, I'm not sure how much emphasis is put on the regular season. Maybe they, uh, you know, kind of coach through it as they try to figure out this Kyrie situation. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under here. Not that I think they're gonna be bad or anything like that. They're not gonna. Uh, whatever seed they are, they're gonna be a contender, right? Even if it's a, yeah. even if it's a five or six seed. I, I just I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go under here. But uh, and, and that's more about effort than it is about the team. A hundred percent agree. I'm also gonna take the under. I think they they win like 54, 53. Sure. Um, yeah. I just think there's there's going to be load management nights and nights where you know, even if they're not load managing, Harden and, and Katie aren't taking it all that serious. Um, but I, I don't think it means anything in regards to their title contention. Um, offensively, this team is loaded. So, yeah, I, I actually think if, if this were like one game, like if it was 54 and a half, I think I might take the over. Um, but at 55 and a half, I'm going to take the under. I think they just fall under that mm. number. Uh, Charlotte Hornets um, yeah. getting a lot of their young core back this year, uh, but still a young team projected at 38 and a half wins. Who you got, uh, or what do you got over or under here? I think I'm going under here, uh, and I and I like this young core you know really the player here that you know you have Lamelo ball and you have uh you know they add Ubre and they also have miles bridges they got a good young core right but but the player that really matters the most and mattered the most for them last year was gordon hayward when he was out there they were a completely different team i mean they were actually winning they were competitive and when he wasn't yeah. out there they just couldn't put it together i just don't want to put my trust in gordon hayward's health uh, after what mm -hmm. we've seen the past three seasons now uh, yep. a, a team I do like, a team, a team I think is on the rise, right? Um, you know, when you have Lamelo and PJ Washington as well, right? They add Book Knight, who I think everyone kind of likes as a score. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is a team that I'm not looking for. You know, 38 and a half is the number, right? 38 and a half. So they're gonna have to be pushing 500. I'm not sure that they're there yet uh, this right. year, anyway, right? This is also a a team that has a lot of hype because of Lamelo, so maybe that number's inflated a little bit. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go under uh, just by a hair. I like the team, but not just not yet, not yet. Yes, I agree. Uh, I think they're two years away from really being competitive, like playoff competitive, um, yeah. and a few pieces away. So, um, and yes, I agree. Hayward made such a huge difference for them, uh, but just can't seem to stay healthy. So I'm also going to take the under there on the Hornets. Okay. Uh, Chicago Bulls with their new Oof. big four uh, after signing DeMar DeRozan. They traded for Vucevic midseason last year and then signed yeah. Lonzo Ball as well. They're calling Lonzo, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Vucevic their big four out there in Chicago. 43 and a half wins for the Bulls. What are you taking here over or under? 
Uh, man, this is a weird team. This is a really it is, weird isn't team. It? Like, it's almost like a fantasy basketball team. Yeah. Really. I mean, it, it is. And I'm just, I don't know. You know, another guy I like for them is Patrick Williams. Um, you yes. Know, rookie yes. last year, right? He, he, mm-hmm. for, he was really good. Um, I'm going to go under. I just think the hype is too much. Like, I just can't see it. Like, where's the defense going to, you know, be? It's like, I don't yeah. like Vucevic. You know, he came in last year for them, and, and people were talking about, oh, maybe they're put, making a push. They ended up not getting better at all. I think they got even a little bit worse when he came on board. I'm just yeah. not sure how these pieces fit, including DeRozan, who, of course, is is my guy. You know, I've always been a DeRozan uh, defender. Yep. Not sure how he fits in today's NBA, especially when you put him with a guy like Vucevic. Lonzo Ball is the one that I'm actually excited about, right? And you yeah. put Ball and Levine together. That could be. That could be a fun duo, but I'm also not the biggest Levine guy when it comes to winning basketball. So I'm under on these guys. You know, I think the number is just a little bit inflated. I think they're floating around 500. You know, they're, you know, they're playing game range to me, right? Which is about 500 in the East. I don't, I don't yeah. see them going three, four wins though. I actually think this is a really good number at 43 and a half. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the under as well. I think they fall slightly under it. Um, and my biggest concern is the defense. Zach Levine's yes. not all that great of a defender. Um, DeRozan isn't an elite defender, not a bad defender, but not an elite one. Um, Lonzo's a pretty good defender. And maybe if you're sliding Patrick Williams into that, you know, uh, power forward role, um, you know, stretch forward role, you can kind of use mm-hmm. him to guard some of the tougher forwards. Um, but not going to be a lot of rim protection, no more. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Not even, you know, he's he's in Orlando. Was part of that trade. Um, yeah, I think offensively they'll they'll be pretty good. Uh, you know, Zach Levine can score it. Sure. Uh, Rosen can still score it. Vucevic is one of the best, uh, you know, offensive centers in the league. Got Kobe White off coming off the bench now. I think uh, six man role might actually suit him a little bit better. Uh, Laurie Markkinen still there as well, I believe. Um, yeah, but give me the under. I don't think enough defense, and I think they're in that seven to eight range for yes. um, as far as the playoffs. Are they still doing play-in games this year? Is that I think so. they were talking yeah, about keeping fine, that? Yeah, I, I yeah, think they're, they're doing playing. So yes, yeah, so I, I expect them to be in that range, which yeah. um, in the East is typically means under forty-three and a half. Yep. All right. So let's uh, move on to um, your side hustle or side team my uh, local boys. Cavaliers yeah your local boys uh 26 and a half wins not fans are not very bullish on this young Cavs roster uh yeah. over or under here over baby um mm. and, and I like I like this young core I'm not sure uh exactly yet how Sexton and Garland fit next to each other but I can tell you I like I like both of them especially Garland right Garland got some love from your boy Steph Curry over the offseason, you know, he talked about uh, a player emerging players and he mentioned Darius Garland, right? So I like I like him to have a breakout year. Um, they also added Jared Allen, right? They've got Sexton. And then, you know, uh, actually, you just mentioned Laurie Markin and he's actually on the Cavs now. Uh, oh, so okay. I like, All right. I like I like that piece as well. But then, the, you know, this this guy, Evan Mobley, man, I think he could be good, right? I think he could be like yeah. jokage levels of like, seven foot playmaker like and when you have two guards who who really want to score right it's really nice to have a big seven footer who can kind of you know set up an offense from the high post or from the block 
and is willing to pass and is able to pass. I mean, he's only he's only 20 years old, um, yeah. but I think he's super talented. And you, when you put him with like a guy like Jared Allen, so you take a lot of the pressure off. He's not probably not going to have to play uh, 35 minutes a game this year. He can kind of work his way into it. 26 and a half. I, I know the Cavs have been bad for for a while now, um, but I I think I'm going to go over here. Don't think they're a playoff team uh, quite yet, but but I, li- I like this team. I think they're an exciting team. I'm going to go up to this games this year. So I'm actually going to take the under here because I think Colin Sexton doesn't stay beyond the trade deadline. That's uh, fair. Not sure if you saw the news. Uh, they did not reach a rookie extension for him. Um, him and DeAndre Ayton were the two most notable players from that class uh, yeah. who did not reach rookie contract extensions. And typically that means uh, means a trade might be on the way. Um, he's actually been floated around in the Ben Simmons discussion um uh like a colin sexton kevin love deal um for uh for ben simmons which um you know could be something that we see i think the Cavs have to decide whether they like garland and sexton as a combo um because you know obviously because they're not extending sexton uh he could potentially be an unrestricted free agent um next year so Mm -hmm. um you know, and I think they'll give him a few games and see how it works out. And then at that point, I think they'll they might make the move for Ben Simmons uh, because him and Garland might be a better pair. Maybe they like him better with a young Mobley, um, who I think eventually will move to the five. They they have plans to move to the five or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. I think they'll also uh, they really like Isaac Okoro. Who I think they might feel is a better backcourt complement to Garland. You know what I mean? So like those kind of things could factor in if they're looking to reshape this young yeah. core. If they don't Frank like Simmons and Garland, Garland that's gonna be nice. That'll be nice. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like I think, um, you know, I think that pairing might be a little better than Colin Sexton and Garland from a a complementary standpoint. Um, so I think if Sexton's if if that does happen. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the under on the Cavs because I don't expect him to be there. And if it's not for Ben Simmons, it's probably draft compensation. Right, right. You know what I mean? Start pretty much starting over there. So, yeah, give me give me the under on the Cavs simply because I don't think Sexton is there too long. That's fair. Uh, so next one we have is the Dallas Mavericks, who a lot mm. of people expected to take a leap forward last year. He did a little bit. I think they ended up in the fifth seed. Um yeah. And actually gave the Clippers a run for their money. Maybe even should have won that first round series against the Clippers. Uh, they're set at 48 and a half wins. So it looks like the odds makers are a little more bullish on the on the Mavs this year. Are you? I am. I'm going to take the over on these Mavs. I think uh, Luca is really good. Like, uh, obviously, he's really good. Like, he's top five player in the NBA good. Uh, yeah. and, and now we're looking at him like, okay. Uh, it's probably time to break out a little bit more than what you have so far and maybe even win a playoff series uh, this year. You know, that's something he hasn't been able to do yet. Uh, but when you look at how good he's been, and, and the question here is probably Porzingis, uh, less yeah. than it is Luca, right? We know what we're going to get from Luca, but right. Porzingis, right? But, you know, Porzingis, you know, the big struggle is the defense, really. He actually had his most efficient offensive season last year. I don't know if you know that. His true shooting, shooting percentage was better than – uh, at any point in his career, 
Uh, so maybe they learn to work together a little, a little bit better. You know, there's some interesting film out there uh, on Luca missing him on some stuff. And maybe that's just a product of not being able to play together that often because of KP's injuries. Right. So maybe they right. learn each other a little bit better and it works. You know, Brunson is a guy who I yeah. really like uh, your boy, Always Jalen Brunson, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. And then, you know, Jason Kidd is also a question mark. Hasn't been super successful. It's rare you see a guy get a uh, third chance after two failed opportunities. But yeah. he's going back to you know you know his team, which is the Mavericks, right? Gets to work with Luca and 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 kind of show him you know kind of was a similar similar player to Luca in a different era, right? Maybe if he played in this era, he would have been more of a scorer like Luca is. Um, but yeah. but but I think they fit well together. Um, and forty seven and a half, you know, that's a, that's not that's a small improvement from last year if you look at last year and you throw out the first month of the season uh if you throw out the first like 30 games they're one of the best teams in the nba they had a rough start uh luca was out of shape don't expect that this year they think they can come out of the gates running uh so i'm, I'm gonna go with the over here i am also gonna take the over i think the mavs do take a step forward um moses brown is actually a part of this mavs team now not with the celtics they did move they did end up moving moses moses brown again and i actually really like him with this Mavs yeah. team um, as a rim protector, shot blocker off the bench. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be, uh, I think that's going to be the biggest thing is defense, right? Um, I really like Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith defensively. Yeah. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein and Moses Brown will give you the rim protection. Even Porzingis can, can block shots a little bit, but I do think he has to improve on that end of the floor. Um, and they're going to have to find a balance. Porzingis was a little frustrated that he was kind of reduced to a spot-up shooter for a lot of last year. I do think they need to find some balance on getting him some inside touches. They don't have to be post touches, but uh, I, maybe a little more rolls than pops I should, uh, you know, uh, for next year. And I think if they could do that, because he's he's an elite lob threat, um, I think if they could do that, they can even make their offense a little more efficient than it already was, you know, yeah. uh, a lethal offense. We know we're getting out of Luka, like you said. Um, I'm going to take the over here. I think they crack 50 wins um, and are probably a top four seed in the yep. West this year. Uh, so let's move on to the Denver Nuggets. Yep. Uh, like you said, we, we talked briefly about them when we picked Michael Porter Jr. to be most improved. So no Jamal Murray for we're not sure how long, but probably a significant amount of time to start the season. They're set at 47 and a half. You take them over the under here. I'm taking the over here as well. I just don't think Jokic, I think he's enough to win 48 games, right? He's that he's that yeah. good, right? And he's such a such a, a trendsetter on the offense. Like he sets the whole game's flow. Uh they've got one of the best home court advantages in the league, well documented there. Uh, but then it also, you know, it depends on Michael Porter Jr., right? He's gonna have to take that leap, right? So this is kind of, you know, it's dependent on him as well. Uh, but there is also another guy. Uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention at all in the preseason. Uh, this guy, Bones Highland, this point guard. Yeah. Who, I don't know, like the 25th pick, 26th pick, VCU kid. He has mm -hmm. looked amazing in the in the preseason. He might be able to fill some of that Jamal. I know uh, Monte Morris, who I like, is going to be the starter, at least at the beginning of the year. But he might be able to come in uh, off the bench, and then maybe he takes that starting role eventually. He's looked that good to fill the void of Jamal Murray. Uh, and I just can't see Jokic losing that many games. I think he's, I think he's that good MVP. He's going to be in the running again this year. Um, so I, I got the over for these guys. I also agree with that as well. I'm taking the over. Um, 
still plenty of talent there, even without Jamal Murray, for them to get 48 wins. Yeah. Uh, next up on our list is the Detroit Pistons at mm. 25 and a half. Uh, how are you feeling about the Pistons? I'm going to go under. That feels like too many, too many wins. Um, 25, you know, I know that I know we like Cade, right? You just picked them for uh, rookie of the year. I don't think that's a bad pick, even if they go under. But uh, I, I just can't see them getting over 20. In the, I think 20 wins is probably the max for these guys. They're just so young. Uh, and there's so yeah. much turnover there. It's 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 pretty much all all new. I, and I really like Cade. I don't know if that means that they're going to win a lot of games. I got to go the under. Yeah, typically uh, a rookie of the year doesn't uh, you know promise you 26 wins. I'm also going to take the under there. Uh, it's going to be a rough season in Detroit for everyone. Um, you know, not yeah. being Cade Cunningham. Right. Here's an intriguing one. Oh yeah, Warriors. Golden State Warriors at forty-seven and a half. Over oh, man, this is a tough one. Not only is it a tough one for me, but if you look at uh, projections and odds makers, this number is floating all over the place. Different projections have them in different places. Um, yeah. It's really hard to say where they're going to be. And one of the reasons why is this whole Clay Thompson, right? We don't exactly know uh, what we're getting. Right. I mean, he, they right. say he's healthy, but, you know, he was supposed to be healthy coming into last year. It doesn't always work out that way. Um, right. Draymond, we're not sure what's left uh, there, even though um, even though I will say Wiggins was pretty impressive at points um, last year. Don't exactly love his game. They get Kaminga in the draft, who's probably more of a project, even though I do like him. He's probably more of a project. Um but, you know, they kind of uh, – they, they got their bench back together, right? So that was one of the things that had been missing since their title runs was that bench. They get their boy uh, Iggy back, right? Iguodala's back, right? I like that. Otto Porter Jr. Uh, is there. Uh, Balenci is there. Like, he's a great shooter. I like him off the bench. Um, so I think, you know, Steve Kerr can work with this group. Um, I, I think that they're going to be competitive, surely. Steve Kerr was a guy who was close to my uh, Coach of the Year uh, awards. I, I think they're going to be – up there um uh, and, and here's the guy that i know you probably want to talk about jordan pool uh who who's got breakout potential right looks really good in preseason yes. you know and it's hard to put stock into preseason that much but jordan pool looked really good man i can't imagine curry missing the playoffs uh twice in a row so give me give me the over here i'm on an over streak with these western teams <laughs> yeah i'm gonna take the over as well um i also not only did Jordan Poole have a good uh, preseason, he finished last season really strong. Um, he was yeah. actually my second um, pick for most improved player. So I uh, really like Jordan Poole, and I think um, he has some six-man-of-the-year potential, depending on how soon Clay Thompson comes back. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the over here as well. I'm assuming Clay Thompson comes back. Within, you know, By Christmas time, I, I think he should be good to go. Um, I also think the, um, the addition to Iggy, while I'm not sure he has a ton left in the tank, uh, he gives them, you know, some leadership off of that bench, um, and also some defense as well. Kaminga is a bit of a project, but I do think he can contribute right away. Um, yeah. you know, at least with his athleticism, uh, on the defensive end, I think he can make some plays and, and also kind of help them in transit, like when they're out running in transition, give them a little bit of slashing ability. Uh, so I do like Kaminga as well, uh, especially off the bench where there's not going to be a ton of pressure on him. 
to be, you know, one of the top rookies. He can kind of just find his way. I think that's going to be really good for him to start off his career. Um, so, yeah, I think the added depth um, and the eventual return of Clay Thompson puts this Warriors team at about 48, 49 wins. I think they go just over that 47 and a half number. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be close. Uh, so next up, we have the Rockets, who are set at twenty-five and a half as well, uh, yeah. over under. Under, think that it's going to be a a year of growth, a year of growth yeah. for some of these guys, but probably some messy basketball. Yeah, we talked about how uh, how young this team is. Going to be a little sloppy. Uh, I'm going to take the under on them as well. Uh, how about the Pacers? They're set at forty-two and a half wins in the Eastern Conference. 42 and a half. So they have to go over 500. This is a, this is a tough one to pick, right? Rick Carlisle there now. Um, Sabonis is, you know, I think one of my favorite players in the league. I like Brogdon and and then we got Levert, right? So yeah, uh, I I think, I think Carlisle is a guy who can motivate for the regular season. So I'll take the over on the Pacers. I'm going to take the over as well. I think they have like three, 44. This is another one that really good number. I think it's going to be really close. A lot of it's going to depend on Karis Levert staying healthy and possible right. breakout season there as well. Um, next one up, we have the Clippers, 45 yeah. and a half. Um, no Kawhi Leonard for quite some time. You think they hit that number? 45 and a half. I love Ty Lue. Uh, as I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to go under here. Um, just a team that I think is kind of starting to fall apart uh, at an organizational level with Paul George and Kawhi. I'm starting to see the end of this run, I think. Yeah. Reggie Jackson was great last year uh, for them. At times, he was like the best player in the league. Um, but but I don't think that that's real. So I'm going to go under as much as I like Ty Lue. I'm going to take the under as well. I think Kawhi's absence might go longer than what people might even expect. So yeah, give me that under. Yeah, well, well, I mean, they have no idea, right? He doesn't like he talks to them. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, that's, that's not going to be a pretty situation there. Um, the other LA team is sitting at 52 and a half for their over under, which one you taking here? I'm going under actually, as much as I like this team, um, you know, I think that they're just as good as anybody in the, in the, in the West. I think it's a year of rest. LeBron, AD, and they got, and we talked about this, they got Russ kind of to fill that void in the regular season. It makes sense. Um, yep. But I, I think they're going to go under. It's not going to be a, a pretty regular season for them where they come out flying. Uh, the playoffs is probably where they're looking to make their mark. Yeah. I'm actually going to take the over here. Um, okay. Just barely, though. Just barely. Um, LeBron has actually stated that he doesn't like the load management thing. He doesn't feel that. as good. Um, uh, he hasn't again, done it. Yeah, that's right. So um, I think if he's going to play more like he says he is, then, um, you know, I think you book them for 55 plus wins um, if he's going to play that much, even without, you know, who knows how many games Anthony Davis is going to play. I think it's going to be a slow start, though. I think there's going to be a little bit of chemistry and kinks to work out there. Um, But, yeah, I think a LeBron James-led team is good for – over 53 wins. Uh, Wait, can we talk about wins. LeBron? Can we talk about LeBron for a second? We can talk about LeBron. How long is he going to keep doing this? I mean, I mean, seriously, like what's, 
what's what's reasonable, right? So we're this is going to be his nineteenth season. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and if we're being completely honest, two of his three seasons with the Lakers, he's been hurt for right. about half or almost half of the regular season, um, and either missed the playoffs or barely made it and got knocked out first round. Uh, they won it in the bubble the year that he stayed fully healthy. So, I mean, that's typically how we see declines happen, you know, is those – and, and it, it doesn't always have to be the, uh, you know, blown-out knee. Like, a lot of times it's the groin, it's the hamstring, and then it's the ankle, and then it's – you know what I mean? Like, just slowly but surely all these different injuries start to pile up, right. and then maybe a big one happens, you know what I mean, and where it kind of sets you – puts you down. But, um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I don't I don't want to be that guy who's like, this is LeBron's last year of being good, and then he's good for two to three more years. You know what I mean? Like, right. like Max Kellerman was on, on Tom Brady. I don't want to be that guy, um, especially for someone who takes such incredible care and spends so much on his body. You know what I mean? Like, he can defy logic a little bit here, but for how long? That's, that's a great mm. question. I think it's safe to say, like, two more bare minimum. Um, I think it's safe to say he's got two more years of, you know, being really good. Um, after that, it's, you know, I think you just got to play it year by year and really month by month at this phase. Right. That's kind of, I mean, that's kind of the key, right? Is he going to be there all year? Is he still going to be a top five player in the league? A top three player in the league is kind of where he views himself. Or is it time for Anthony Davis to kind of take the lead? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's one of the best storylines this year, of course, right? It's LeBron. Uh, right. But I don't know. 19th year, that just that just sounds just the, different than 18th just, year. <laughs> and the Lakers, the Lakers' age in general has been a topic of discussion yes. since they traded for us. So, like, that is going to be something to watch uh, out West. So, um, you know, they have, like, older superstars, but, like, guys who seem to, like, defy – um, Mother Nature a little bit with like Russ and LeBron, so um, right. and even even Melo has uh, has revived his career a bit uh, here in right. the later phases. So we'll see. Uh, let's move on to the Grizzlies, who are set yep. at forty one and a half. I think that's like the perfect number for them. Um, yeah, expecting a leap forward or staying about the same this year. You know what I. You talk about like teams that like I claim I claim the Grizzlies. Can I claim the Grizzlies? Like I I I mess with this Grizzly team, man. I just <laughs> like Morant. Dylan Brooks yeah. is like you know was awesome. Um, in the playoffs in that play-in game against the Warriors, he was awesome, right? Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr., who missed a lot of uh, last year, showed up big in that in the playoffs too as well. And then you know kind of the you know they had Valanciunas who was playing really well for them. Um, they end up trading him, kind of flipping him for Steve Adams. Steve Adams is probably a, a plus side on the defense for them uh, yeah. compared to Giannis, but I don't 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 love it. You know, don't love it. It's not like Steve Adams has been great, um, right. but you know, but you know, they they I just I just like Ja and Dylan Burks as a backcourt. I think that they're an above five hundred backcourt. And then they add um, a guy like DeAnthony Melton, who I think could actually take a little bit of a leap for them. Right, they kind of replace Grayson Allen. Uh, as, as with him as their bench guy, I like that. Right, he's athletic, and then Jaron Jackson Jr. I think if he can if he can become you know a really a really impactful player and make this like a big three along with John Dylan Brooks, I think they're an above five hundred team. So I go over. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over just slightly. 
uh, here as well. Um, I like Steven Adams. I think Steven Adams is really good at pick and roll. Um, and I think that will really help John Morant a lot. So yeah, give me, give me 42, 43 wins for the Grizzlies this year. Mm. Um, and John Morant was another one I was considering for most improved player, but again, thought he was a little too high profile. Um, but I think he takes a big step forward this year as well. Yeah. Um, Next up, we have the Heat, who might be another yes. team you adopt now that they have your guy. I am Howard. adopting them. <laughs> 48 and a half wins for the Heat. Over I'm, I'm loving it. I'll take the over, man. I think that they're right there, top of the Eastern Conference, um, especially when you consider Kyle Lowry. Like Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, that defense is – this is going to be serious. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly what we're getting out of Jimmy Butler anymore on defense. It's not like he he's what he used to be. Uh, but I still think, and you, know, you have and you have Bam there in the middle. Um, you know, obviously they signed Duncan Robinson to the big deal, uh, but then you have Tyler Hero, who was a superstar in the bubble, right? And then struggled last year, was inconsistent, had some injury issues. Um, but I, I like this team. Spolstra is is you know obviously one of the best coaches in the league. So I think they're going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference. I, they might be the one seed for me, actually. I like this team as well, but I actually like them better in the playoffs than I do in the regular season. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I think, yeah, they haven't really popped in their under slightly. I think they have they settle in around 45 wins, somewhere in that range, um, simply because, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry might not take the regular season all that seriously. Jimmy Butler might not, you know, those guys are getting up there a little bit. So they do have some young, younger players like Harrow and even Duncan Robinson is still relatively young. Bam, who could carry them through the regular season, top four seed for sure. Um, But yeah, I'm going to take the under just slightly here. Yeah. Yeah. That's Uh, the concern, right? Do they take some of the regular season off? Right. Uh, Next up, Milwaukee Bucks, who we've talked about um, quite a bit. Uh, with Giannis over under 54 and a half wins for the Bucks. Yeah, that feels low. That that feel I mean I feel like they're uh, they're a walking 60 win team the last couple of years. Maybe not. Maybe they, you know maybe this is the year that they finally say hey, we're going to relax in the regular season now that we got the chip, right? They did you struggle a little bit in the game. regular season. They did struggle a little bit in the regular season last year. They were only the yeah. third seed. Um and I think they were they ended up being around the 50 range or i think they were actually a little bit lower 72 game season but um, i think budenholzer is a uh, they're gonna win a lot of regular season game. i got the yeah over. i i think there's a uh as you call it market correction here yeah. uh in the regular season they're a top three team give me over on the 54 and a half for them as well um timberwolves at 35 and a half are they finally going to have d'lo towns and anthony edwards healthy and is that even enough to get them over 35 and a half wins hell no these guys <laughs> suck how many games is Carl anthony towns going to play for them before he requests um, a trade he's going to request well, a trade right i i do foresee that um the biggest thing is that they they really haven't been able to like the the whole reason they made the move for d'lo is cuz they wanted to pair him in towns um, right. you know, as their point and center in that pick and roll, pick and pop that type works. game. Well. And they haven't really, well, it, they haven't even <laughs> really been it. able yeah, to yeah, use yeah. it. Yeah. Like yeah. they've, they've barely played together. So I think it'll actually take a little bit longer for him to kind of one out. I think he does give it, if, if they, if D-Lo is healthy, I think he gives it a full season um, and, and see what happens. I'm not sure this, this team's going to play any defense though. Like, Mm-mm. I'm going to take the under here. They're still really young. 
they're still not seasoned. And and yeah, I actually think Towns makes it through this this season in Minnesota, but I think it's his last one in Minnesota. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to the Pelicans. Yeah. An intriguing team. Over Super. under 38 and a half wins for them. Well, this is like a weird position, right? We don't really know what's going on with Zion. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I saw some pictures. He looked well out of shape. Yeah. Um, not sure. Not sure exactly what to believe with some of that crap, but Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> but is it Photoshop? You know, but is he healthy, right? He had the foot right. thing. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's one you don't ever want to mess with. Um, you know, him and Brandon Ingram together has been, uh, there's been some questions there. They add Devonte Graham, they add Jonas, right. you know, we talked about the Jonas for Steve Adams flip. Um, they're on the other end. So they got Jonas. Um, and, and then they have, you know, Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's a player I like too. So I also like him. I, you know, when I watched Zion last year, I thought this guy is unbelievable. Right. I mean, I, I watched him last year. I thought he is unbelievable. The passing, the the explosiveness, like, you know, he was kind of as advertised last year. Yeah. Um, so 38 and a half. I'm I'm going to go over just based on Zion alone. I know it's kind of a mess right now, uh, but I think he's that good. So I got over. Assuming a healthy Zion, I'm also going to take the over. I actually like Devontae Graham better than Lonzo for this team. Not that I think mm. they're like, I, not that I think he's a better player. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's debatable, really. But uh, I think they needed more of a scoring point guard. Um, and, a, and Devontae Graham's also a better shooter as yes. well, which will help with some spacing um, and will help Ingram and Zion. I think Jonas actually will be a better fit for them offensively as well because uh, yes. he's got the pick and pop game. So, you know what I mean? I think their spacing is going to be a little bit better this year. Um, you know, if Zion stays healthy, they sacrifice a little bit of defense, though. That's where that's that's going to come in. I think the kill Alexander Walker has really good two-way potential. So if he can kind of slide into that role for them, I, I like it. Um, yeah, give me over on the Pelicans. I think it's about time that they put it together this year. Yeah, agreed. Uh, New York Knicks, uh, top four or five seed last year, 41 and a half yeah. wins for the Knicks who added Evan Fournier in the offseason. Yeah, and Kemba Walker in the – And uh, Kemba Walker. Off season, I think I'm going to go over here. Um, Tom Thibodeau typically, you know, I mean, he, we know that they're going to bring it on defense, right? Which, which in the regular season can can actually get you a long way just trying on defense. Um, so, so I, I kind of like that for a regular season as far as you know an over under win total goes. Kemba coming home to New York, maybe there's something there. Maybe doubtful because yeah. rough, but maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over there as well. Um, I think they're a playoff team. Um, really like Julius Randle. I like what they're doing. I, I think Kemba might get revived a little bit this year if he can stay healthy. Um, yeah, give the over on them. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder 22 and a half. They have the second low, or actually they're tied for uh, the lowest projected wins this season. Yeah. Uh, any hope that they hit that number over under? Nope. Nope. They are going to go under for me. I love SGA. I will say that. I do love SGA, but I mean, this is a team that's really blowing it up here. So I think he gets yeah, traded too. He might, he might I, honestly get traded. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to be on the move um, as well. He's not going to fit the timeline of the rebuild here. That's going to take uh, yeah, like five plus years. So yeah, he's going to be on the move and I think he will be happy with that. Um, Orlando magic is the other team 
that was tied for lowest over under win total. They're also at 22 and a half. Um, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz backcourt intrigue you enough to go over here. It's kind of a weird backcourt, right? When you think it about is, all right? those guys, right? Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs, who I, who I like, of course. Really um, like and then Fultz, um, Jonathan Isaac is going to be back this year. You know, we really liked him and then he had the knee injury. Is that correct? Um, yeah, an excellent yeah, yeah, defensive yeah, yeah. player. Um, yeah. weirdo, but yeah, he can play defense. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But, but, but from a basketball perspective, I think we liked him a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm going to go under though. Seems like a, seems like a mess. Um, and I'm not sure how these pieces fit together. Um, especially when you have all of these guards who aren't really like any, none of them are like big guards either. So, right. I don't know. It seems like an under to me. Yeah, I'm going to take the under here as well. I agree with the pieces not necessarily fitting, and I don't think they really care about that. Um, they're just collecting no. young assets. So, like, yes. their backcourt consists of Suggs, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, and RJ Hampton is another right. young player with upside. Right. Then they got Isaac at the three slash four. He's probably really better as a four in today's NBA. Um, and, and they've got uh, they've got uh, Mo Bamba, who's a four slash five, probably better at the five. But then they also have Wendell Carter Jr. So like, who knows how that rotation is going to shake out, right? With all those young players, um, mm-hmm. I think it it makes for good competitive practices, and and the Magic will be able to determine, all right, well, who's long term, who's movable, you know, who can we package together, um, you know. F- for picks and things like that. Like, I think that's the kind of year and typically those kind of years result in you being in the teens as far right. as wins go. Uh, so give me the under there. Uh, Sixers, my beloved Sixers. So sad. 50 and a half wins though, set for them. Maybe they're assuming Ben Simmons is not going to be an a-hole. It's a pretty high number for, for the Sixers, I think. What do you? It's a high number. I got I got the under here, man. I just it's tough to recover from something like this, this close to the season, right? Yeah. Uh, you, know, you just hope it doesn't linger all year. Um, I will say, you know, this does open the door a little bit more for like a guy like Tyrese Maxey, um, who who I know we both like. Maybe he steps yeah. up uh, big time. He might. I know you're excited about that. So uh, I got the under. It just seems a little bit sloppy to me. I'm not sure what they're gonna get from these guys. Tyrese Maxey, big time, most improved player Could be. candidate, um, yeah. top top three in that category for me. I have to take the over here though. I said Joel Embiid was going to win MVP. Yeah. I don't know that he can win MVP without winning fifty games. Yeah. I'm going to take the over. I actually think I actually think we'll be fine in the regular season, even if Ben Simmons doesn't play a single game. I actually do expect Ben Simmons to grow up um, and and play. Um, because he has no leverage, and I think he's going to have to realize that eventually. Um, right. So I do think the Sixers uh, hit that over mark barely. I think they'll be at like 51, 52. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I do I do still like their Sixers in the regular season and book them for a second-round exit. Okay. Uh, Phoenix Suns, 51 and a yeah. half. Uh, some trouble brewing maybe with the DeAndre Ayton contract situation, though. You like, and and honestly, with the West getting healthier, do you still expect this Suns team to be as good as it was last year? Uh, I don't know if as good as it was last year. What's the number for these guys? Uh, 51 and a half. Yeah, I think I'm going to go over. Um, I, I just, wow. I, yeah, Chris Paul doesn't seem like the type who's going to deteriorate much uh, from last year as a leader. Booker uh, is, you know, 
right on the crisp here, right on the cusp of, of being one of the best players in the league. And I like this team a lot, right? With Bridges, uh, Aiton uh, improved a lot. I know there's the contract situation, which is a little sticky. Um, but yeah. but I do like this team. Of course, Monty Williams is, is one of my favorite coaches in the league, one of the best coaches uh, in the league. And then, my, and then our boy, you know, our shared boy, we got to bring this up every time we talk about the Suns, Cam Johnson, uh, who we love. So, yes. so I, I'm going to go over with these guys. I still like them. Okay, fair, fair. Um, I'm going to take the under, though. Uh, I think the West is going to be healthier and more competitive this year, which I think yeah. will hurt them. Um, I expect the Warriors to take a leap forward if Clay Thompson, depending on when Clay Thompson comes back. Um, I think the Lakers are going to be better. Uh, so, like, you must start moving those teams up into the top of the West. Um, you know, someone has to fall. Obviously, it's the Jazz are going to be one. I, I do still see Phoenix in top four or five. So yeah. I think they're going to be just under that 51 and a half, like, you know, maybe even fall in at 50. So just I'm going to take the under there um, just a bit. Yeah. Portland Trailblazers, you've got Chauncey as your coach of the year. So they're yes. set at 44 and a half. Are you taking the over on that? Got to be the over. Got to be coach of the over. year. And, and I do like kind of just, uh, you know, like uh, like their like their team. I know. They, the defense was the issue, right? The defense yeah. was um, the issue. But, they, you know, they've got Covington now. Hopefully he can help with that. You know, Nazir Little uh, actually might be able to help with that too. So, I, I, I don't know. I like this team. I'll go over. Nazir Little, UNC guy. Um, yeah, I think he he needs to take a step forward for them to hit that over. And I'm not sold that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the under here. I think okay. – um, I don't think they made enough strides to make this team really competitive in the West. Um, I think they fall shortly under that. They're still a playoff team, six to eight seed range. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I think they'll be just under 44 and a half wins. Um, next up, we have the Kings, 36 yeah. and a half. Under, over or under here? This is a tough one. This is a really tough one. I just don't know who's going to be on this team. Uh, throughout the year, whether it's De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, like who's getting moved and right. when. Uh, as much as I love Halliburton, right? A lot, uh, we talked about him a lot last year, uh, and I do like Davian Mitchell as well, who who can bring a little defensive spark, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna go under here just because one, it's the Kings, and two, I don't know who's gonna be here. Uh, you know, halfway through the year, are they are they starting Mitchell and Halliburton, which is a, a good young core. I just don't know if it's a 36 win team, so I got under. Yeah, um, I'm also going to take the under here. I think um, I think the Kings are actually a fairly reasonable trade partner for the Sixers. Yeah, I don't know about Fox. I think Fox would be a bit much at this point because Ben Simmons has tanked his value. But you could certainly see like a, a heel Bagley and picks, you know, type of situation um, where right. Davion Mitchell being included in that. I agree. There's going to be a big trade involving the Kings. I think at some point, whether it's with the Sixers or someone else, because they're going to have to kind of unclutter that backcourt a little bit um, and decide who they're building around. So, um, and I also think they want to move on from Bagley as well. So yeah, yeah give me the under there. Um, they might have to start their rebuild over in midway through the season. Right. Um, San Antonio Spurs definitely in a rebuild over under 29 and a half wins. I think these guys suck. Um, candidly, they don't have many good players on the team. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. They, you know, Dejounte Murray is someone we like, right? Dejounte Murray, um, yeah. you know, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, like 
you know, I'm not just, I'm just not sure where the buckets come from. I think it's a team who can compete defensively, uh, definitely with some of these guys. And they, and they added a couple of defensive players, you know, Thad Young and, and Brent Forbes, but just, just don't see where they're going to get the points, uh, from. Yeah. And that's kind of important. So under, under for me. I'm going to take the under as well, hoping for a Lonnie Walker breakout. Shout out to Lonnie yeah, Walker. Yeah. Lonnie Walker, yeah. Hoping yeah. for a breakout season from him. Was this um, Pops last year? I would, I would think so. I'm shocked he's still there, to be quite well, honest. Well, that's why I'm like, well, maybe it's not his last year because if this was going to be your last year, why'd you stay at all for this? Yeah, right. That's the thing. Um, you know, and he does still have the Team USA thing. I wonder if, like, that's keeping him around just the NBA in general. That's possible. Um, yeah. I, and if it's not his last year, I if it's not his last year in the league, it could be his last year with the Spurs. Maybe he could be, you know, they, they part yeah, ways and he, yeah. he tries to find a, you know, better situation to coach. Who knows? Right. Well, so, so we talked about Jason kid. He could potentially be on a one year. If, if it doesn't work and they don't get past the first round, he could be gone after one year and then pop could slide in there with Luca. That would be an excellent fit. You know, he yeah. loves coaching international players. That, that would be intriguing. Um, your actual favorite team, the Toronto Raptors, yes. are next up on our list here. 36 and a half wins for Toronto. Way over. Way over. I want an alternate spread of 50 and a half. I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I actually do think that they go over. I, hey, man, they still have uh, Siakam. They still have Van Vliet, OG, Ananubu, like, who could potentially take a leap forward this year. And then this kid that they drafted, who I didn't want them to draft at the time, and I've slowly fallen in love. I should say quickly fallen in love because he hasn't played one regular season game yet. I've quickly fallen in love with Scotty Barnes um, as as kind of a similar player to Siakam. He can do a lot of the same things. Um, I and, and you know, really, the reason I'm going over is because I think they have the best coach in the NBA, and that's Nick Nurse, who can just figure anything out. It seems like. Um, so 36 and a half, not sure they're a playoff team. You know, maybe they're fighting for the playing game probably feels, probably feels right. You know, you know, we, we kind of look down on them. I'm going to go on a little bit of a, my tangent here. Sorry about that. We kind of look down on them because of last year, right? They really struggled last year. Didn't make the playoffs. I think they were 11 or 12 seed ended up, um, but they didn't play any home games yeah. last year, right? They played in Orlando last year. Uh, that, that really affects you as a basketball team, especially when you talk about their home court advantage. So, yeah, I think we have to um, account for that. And, and I know they lost Kyle Lowry, um, you know, who who was a great player for them and kind of the heart and soul of that team. Um, but you still have Fred, you still have Siakam. Um, and, and I just think that I just think that they're going to be able to compete on a night to night basis, even if they don't end up in the playoffs. I think that number is a little bit too low for a Nick Nurse team. So I want the over on my boys. You already knew that, though. I did already know that. And I apologize in advance. For taking the under on oh, you dog, you dog. I am gonna take the under uh for one of the reasons you mentioned earlier. Where do the buckets come from? And like yeah, I I love yeah. I like Fred. I don't like him as your best scorer. Sure. Um I I like Siakam. I don't like him as your best scorer. So I like Scotty Barnes. I, I don't think he's offensively ready to carry a load. You know, right. an OG probably takes a step forward, but I don't think it's enough to where like, you know, unless he has like a Kawhi Leonard type lead. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that he's really that kind of an offensive player. Um, give me the under. And I also think that at a point, Siakam mm-hmm. will be moved. Um, I think that's part of the reason they took Scotty Barnes. Is like, yeah, I think they actually 
uh, I think Siakam is shipped out. Golden State, maybe. Um, you know, and I think they expect to fill that void with Scotty Barnes and potentially Wiseman. You know, mm-hmm. if, if there's a Warriors deal on the table uh, by the deadline. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch and, and another main reason why I'm taking the under here. I'm sorry, bud. You dog. You dog. <laughs> All right. So uh, second to last uh, team yep. on our slate here is the Utah Jazz at 53 and a half wins. Mm. Are we buying? I, I know they were the number one seed in the West, but again, they were. The Western Conference. Yeah. Are, are we buying what uh, what's being sold out there in Utah? Yeah, this is another tough one, right? Uh, because we know that they do have regular season success, right? It's, they really do. They but on the same, on the other hand, like I think there's something to be said for a collapse the way that they had, right? Like that could carry over yeah. to the next season, right? And a lot, there's a lot of the same guys. Um, I know that Mitchell was had some injury stuff. Conley had some injury stuff that kind of helped lead to that. Um, but to lose the way they did, like I just feel like there has to be some effects from that. I'm going to go under here. Um, I, I think that they are not going to be uh, a one seed uh, contender again like they were last year. Like I think that just has to has to run out. They added Rudy Gay, who, who's going to help off the bench um, with with Clarkson. But you know, it's I don't think that puts you over the edge. I think as teams continue to get smaller, it hurts them more and more. Um, and teams might have them figured out a little bit. So I, I, I'm going to go under. It's a tough one for me, though. I agree. I, I see regression here for the Jazz um, down. It's back into their four, five, maybe six seed range, which is where they were up until like last year. Uh, I think a lot of the breakout that they had last year was due to injuries. Yeah. Um, and I think we kind of saw that in the playoffs, uh, the collapse that they had with to a Kawhi-less excuse me, Clippers team um, yep. was quite concerning. I agree that the Rudy, Go- as good as Rudy Gobert is as a rib protector um, with the NBA constantly going smaller and with how much he got exposed in the playoffs last year, uh, it's going to be, it. it's going to be tough to keep him on the floor at times. Um, you know, and I, I just, I think it's going to be really hard for them to hit that 53 and a half mark. I actually think the jazz possibly blow it up after this season after realizing mm. that they're really just not built to get out of the second round. They don't have a ton of cap space to make free agent moves, things like that. Um, I, I think they could be actually trending towards a rebuild before, you know, Donovan Mitchell gets too old. Yeah. Um, and they, they don't have a ton of like leverage to make a blockbuster move to get a star to bring in with him. I think they're going to have to tear it down, build it back up. <sighs> yeah. A, yeah. You know, I like Quinn Snyder too. I, I like, uh, I, I like Agreed. his coaching. I think he's a good coach. I like his style. Yeah. It's just it's just a lot going on with with them. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Uh and then last but certainly not least, well, maybe least, the Washington Wizards. 34 and a half wins for their over and under. I thought this would be lower with Russ yeah. on and yeah. not much to replace him. Uh, I'm taking the under, are you? I want to take the under, right? My brain is telling me take uh, the under, not a huge Brad Beal guy, well documented on this podcast. Yes, but there's some stuff. There's some stuff about uh, this this Wizards team I like, and, and and you know, one of the things I like the most is this Spencer Dinwiddie edition. Uh, yeah, Spencer okay. Dinwiddie is a guy that I like. I, you know, really when he was in uh, Brooklyn, 
before they got D Russ, before they got Kyrie, he actually ran the show pretty well. And he was really impactful player. Like he, he made a lot of things happen. Uh, you know, they had KCP Montrez Harrell in that rust deal. Um, you know, you yeah, wonder true. what to get from them. Kuzma, you know, who knows? Um, you have Bertans, um, but then you also have, uh, you know, Rui Hachimura, who who kind of liked him last year. And, and at center, you have Thomas Bryant coming off this ACL. I'm actually going to go over here in a in a shocking move that I just decided I'm going to go over. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I just think maybe there's enough bad Eastern teams that that they can win some of these close games. Um, and, and listen, if Beal is the guy who who he says he is, he should be able to win 37 games. Regardless, you know what I mean? Like, if he wants to be considered one of these guys, he should be able yeah, to win right. 37 games. So, give me the over, I guess. I'm going to take the under. Um, yeah. Unless Kyle Kuzma has a most improved player type season. Um, yeah. I think that's asking a lot of Brad Beal, who couldn't carry this Wizards team uh, when they had Russell Westbrook and John Wall. And, you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't really even matter how much he scores. He doesn't seem to have a great impact on winning. Given the under here, um, I'm actually kind of shocked that he's still there and that he has not wanted to leave. Like he hasn't asked out of Washington. I can't imagine that he continues to drop 40 and, and lose and be okay with that. He could even be on, I think he could be on the move um, before the trade deadline as well. They keep saying he's happy though. Yeah, which, uh, you know, some guys are happy being the best player on a bad team because they're not winners. Right. And he might actually be one of those guys. I don't want to throw that – like, I don't know Brad Beal, so I don't want to, you know, put him into that category. But if he's happy in Washington beyond the – like, as the trade deadline approaches, if we're still hearing reports that he doesn't want to leave, I'm going to have to throw him in that category by default because it would make no other sense. If they're still bad, um, you know – I, that's just not something I can really make sense of. Okay. So, so that, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That wraps up our, uh, our, um, over unders. I actually just got a, a tweet here, um, sent by, uh, our all in bets and DFS writer, Kyle Cooper, uh, about Ben Simmons. So here's, here's some, uh, uh, it's an anecdote, I guess, from someone who's been mm. at Sixers camp slash practices. People present at the scene say Simmons has simply come and gone inside the Sixers Camden, New Jersey facility since returning to practice Sunday. He enters the facility and ignores most Sixers staffers. For instance, when the Sixers security official greeted Simmons on Sunday, the three-time All-Star just walked right by him. When others greet him, Simmons typically has given no response. It's not a requirement for Simmons to talk to people inside the facility, but those present say he has been disengaged and not an active participant. Um, each day, Simmons trains by himself on his own side of the basketball court as well. Um, uh, I'm like, God, like, what did they do to you? Like, can you, can he make this any worse? Oh, that's wild. I mean, goodness gracious, and uh, that's unbelievable, to be quite honest. You know, one of the things that, that I was Who always taught as a you, kid. Bro? Right, is one of the things I was always taught as a kid is the people you show the utmost respect for, respect for are the people who open up the gym for you, um, sure. the people who clean the facilities, take care of your stuff. Like these poor, innocent staffers 
are being punished because he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. It just it makes absolutely no sense. It's embarrassing. Mm. Ben Simmons should be embarrassed um, of himself. And, and yeah, who who did raise this guy? Because this is despicable. If that's true, um, yeah, yeah, just just a sad, sad, awful situation in Philly right now. Um, but yeah, that wraps it up uh, for topics we so, had so, for today. Uh, Coop, real quick here, I was keeping track of our picks here. Oh yeah, you're way bigger dick than me, by the way. So you went <laughs> under. You went under on 19 of the 30 teams. The we went we we differed on nine teams. Um, on nine teams, okay. Yeah, on of those nine, the reason we differed is seven of them uh, is because you went under when I went over. <laughs> so so. You you're you're much more critical of these teams. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. too much. I am. I am. I wow. Nineteen. I did not. I thought that I would be a little more balanced. But okay. Yeah. Fair enough. We'll we'll see. Uh, we'll, I'm glad you kept track so we can revisit yeah. that. Uh, I'll send him to later you. on in the season. Yes, please do. Thank you for that. All right. Um, any other final notes to leave for those who have stuck with us uh, throughout? Typically, what is our longest podcast of the year? This is typically our longest podcast of the year. Okay, well, do we want to do a finals prediction since we're here? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to go Nets, Lakers. I think that's the one everybody wants to see. That's I think the Vegas one, right? makes sure it happens this year. I uh, I agree. I agree. That's Lakers. It's got to be, right? I mean – it should have been Nets. It should have been. You could argue it should have been Nets Lakers last year if, if AD doesn't get hurt and if Katie's foot's not uh, too big. Yeah, yeah. Get uh, get Katie a size sixteen, um, and he'll be in the finals this year. I think. Uh, yeah. I think I think the Nets have a really strong case of making it there. Lakers, I'm not really all that convinced with, but like when I look at the other teams in the West, yeah, I'm really sure it. there's another team that's better than that, right? Like there's, I think the West is like from one through like eight is like tough. But there's no team where it's like they're they're the clear cut favorite out there, and the Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, yep. who's That's like it. I don't I don't love him, but like he's still good. So I think eventually they get their their stuff figured out out there, and uh, and the Lakers win the West. I'm with you, man. So who wins, Nets? Yeah, give me the Nets. Um, too much offensive firepower for a Lakers team that I don't think will be really stout defensively. Uh, yeah, and I don't, they won't be as good as the Nets' offensive. Give me the Lakers, and we leave LeBron's nineteenth season saying he's still the best player. Does he retire? Does he walk off in the? And sunset? he does not retire. He's not retiring no, okay. until he's fifty. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that wraps it up for today's show. You heard it here first. Nets and Lakers finals were on opposite sides of that, uh, but. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in and staying with us for so long. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the start of the NBA season. Uh, we will be back next week to talk uh, probably a mixture of NBA and NFL uh, next week. So stay tuned. Baseball, Send us some baseball. Voice. Baseball. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll we'll try to squeeze in some baseball if we're gonna if we're gonna be mixing <laughs> it up this much. Yeah. Um, so. Guys, send us your voice, uh, you know, messages on our pod page. Again, that's podpage.com slash all in podcast, all one word. 
and check out the newest All in Politics episode. They dropped an audio-only podcast this week because um, we were at a wedding. I was not there to produce. Um, so they did yes. an audio-only podcast uh, talking about the weaponization of black uh, music and radio. Very, very important topic. They had a hmm. Philly radio legend join them. So uh, you can find their latest episode on podpage.com slash allinpolitics. Uh, so make sure you tune in there for their latest episode as well. Uh, but thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode of the All In Podcast. Hit that subscribe button, leave a review, sure. leave some comments, leave some ratings, and catch us next week. We will see you guys later. Peace.